Welcome to From the Street to the Pulpit. I am your host, number one. Soon we'll be joined by our panel. Tonight we're going to talk about are we asking too much by asking for equality? In lieu of everything that's going on, I believe that conversations have to be had if change is going to come. I also believe that equality and humanity are on the same plane as love and unity. If everyone loves or serves God, then how do we become so disconnected? As adults, we teach our kids or youth. This day and age, we may actually learn something from our youth. Aside from the things that we don't understand, i.e. the skinny jean and sag and the music only understand, the one thing that they have gotten correct so far is equality and unity. As for us older people, these requests aren't new. The words just travel further with all of God's children chanting in unison. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Good evening. Good evening. Let's 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 talk about this. Are we asking for too much? By just mm-hmm. asking for unity. I mean for equality. Uh no. I I don't I don't think we are at all. Um I find it a very simple ask, considering the fact that considering the fact that racial inequality and disparities predate any other inequalities, inequalities and disparities. And when I say that, um, I'm talking about the and, and no disrespect at all, but the LGBTQ community has fought and laws have changed for them. We fight and we continue to fight. We're not asking to change laws. We're just asking to be recognized as as humans and to be treated equally. Period. You know, you don't have to put a law on the books. Um, for that, a little compassion. Um, so, no, I don't think we're asking for too much. I actually, I actually agree. I, I believe that it's long overdue. I believe that um, this is something that that should have been almost as as a birthright, if you will. But I just, I mean, we do things in the name of, I'm sorry? We're citizens. So, yeah, I'm agreeing. As when you say birthright, yeah. we're citizens. You know, what? It's, exactly. it should have been our normal. It should have been normal. But I, I guess we don't operate under normalcy um, because apparently mm-hmm. something or someone has dropped the ball. Somewhere. The system. Uh, here's, the, you know, it, you say we can learn something from our youth, and the truth be told, yes, we can. Part of the problem is 
our youth aren't the one aren't the ones in the system. They're not part of the system in the aspect um not yet in the aspect where these changes can be made before tragedy strikes. Our youth are the the receivers and the makers of this change. So they're the ones who, um, you know, who are receiving the hatred, you know, the college kids being tased and, you know, um, just hatred and, and bigot recipients, but they also the ones are who are protesting. They're also the ones who we're raising in love, not hate. They're the ones who, as you would say, don't identify as black or as white. They identify as teenagers. You know, they look at each other and they don't see color. They look at each other and they see a person they, you know, they that are friends, that they admire, that they, you know, that they love, that they want to hang out with, that they want to be around. They don't look at a person and think that um, they are a threat simply because their skin color is is a different tone. Mm-hmm. You know, we... So, it's it's so easy it's so it's so easy to get caught up and and lose sight on on everything and I believe that with that not identifying you know we 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 stress and fight for certain things or not to be identified as certain things or certain designators but the ones that uh I guess that we should fight for. We don't really know what to fight for, if you will. We don't know that. Um, for me personally, I, don't call me an African American. Don't. You want to? You want to get me upset? That's that's how you do it. Um. But our kids, like you said, they just want to be themselves. Call me by my name, mm-hmm. and I believe that's fair. Absolutely. It is absolutely fair. Um, you know, and they're the ones who. We want to see a change for it's it's mm-hmm. like you know at our age we we've lived obviously not as long as our parents, but we've lived um long enough to see where we were and how we've evolved, and then you think about our parents and then our grandparents who may have been in segregated schools, who may have not been able to vote, who may have come, you know, from um, parents and, and and their ancestors who may have been slaves, 
you know. Um, we, as, as generations pass, each generation has witnessed a level of growth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so at our age, we may be saying, you know what, this is bad, but it's not as bad as it used to be. Um, it's, it's just... It's it's just worse in this particular area right now, um, and and when I say worse in this particular area, I'm talking about the policing, the brutality um, that we're suffering from, and um, we we've seen the criminal justice system, um, while it has been reformed, or you know, plenty of times it's never been reformed to where we have become equal. They may have taken slavery out of plantations. They may have, you know, told us that we were free, um, but then they turned around and created a place for slavery to be acceptable, which is the jail. And so the only thing that we've seen is we've seen it's kind of like a seesaw, if you will. We've seen um, slavery and plantations and ownership go down, um, but but we've steadily seen increase in injustice, increase in incarceration, increase in, you know, um, what they would call the war on drugs when Reagan was in in the presidency. So for us, it's been that seesaw, and I think that now our children are are going to um, see and get to experience the other side of that weight coming down to where it's going to level out. Um, I hope that makes sense. It does. It does. And, and I'm excited for them to see it. I'm, I'm excited for so many different reasons, but that's one to give you a, give you a, a, a better chance um, in, in society without having to mm-hmm. watch your back and, and, and worry that someone is going to harass you just because of the hue of your skin, regardless of, mm-hmm. of what neighborhood that you may be in, you know, uh, still being harassed. I was reading right. where this gentleman, where this gentleman was, was driving and the cop was like, I pulled you over because you're black and there's a lot of drugs in this area. And, like just like that, he was. He kept saying, "I'm not a racist. I'm just doing my job." Okay. So he's telling him his job is to pull over black people. Well, then he, but then he also wanted to say, "I pulled over more white people than I had black people." If you, if so why you, are you counting? Like, why are you counting? Right. If you, if you have to tell me, one, I'm not racist. Two, I have you know, two black friends, then you, you might just be that. Sadly, you just might be that. I can't tell you how many black friends I have. I can't tell you how many white friends I have. I just have friends. Mm-hmm. See, I think that, you know, we as parents um, of of black boys 
we we try to teach our boys um, the awareness of being black, and we're trying to teach them um, at an early age that that you are going to be feared when you get to this age, when you get to become a man. They're gonna the world is it's going to fear you. People are going to fear you simply because you're a black man. Um, and that's something, that's a concept that unfortunately, even as, as a teenager, he can't quite grasp yet. Because like you said, their generation is changed. Their generation is inclusive. Their generation is the is is the result of our love. Um, so it's, I think it's a good thing and a bad thing. I think the the problem is, is because we're trying to teach them because of what the world is now and what we've experienced, which is what we're supposed to do as parents. But, you know, the the realization also just set in that we have to also teach them while while this may happen to you, you need to be a part of this change. You know, you need to be a part of this love. You know what I mean? And so it, it's a different set of conversations that I think that, that we need to start having now um, because for as sad as I am and, and each time I see racial inequality now in a news feed or each time I, I see or hear playback of George Floyd, it breaks my heart and it brings me to tears. But then when I see all people, like from all walks of life, all faiths, all colors, all, you know, backgrounds, I mean, all classes, when I see all these people coming together for one single result, which is equality. Um, it's like a ray of sunshine. And it's after after the worst storm that you've ever seen. It's, you know, after all the flooding, after all the rain, it's like, it's like that rainbow, you know, that comes and it reminds you of just how good and just how big God is. And it gives me hope for our children because it's, no, we haven't gotten there, but by God, we've gone a long way because it used to be where no one would stand in and fight for us. And then we had the Malcolm X, we had the Martin Luther King, you know, we had the, the leaders marched and and inspired and so we were able at that point to get just a little more to join our call, you know. And so as each, I don't know, decade, I guess, you know, we, we've had more and more. I mean, we have black folks, we have white folks, we have Asians, we have, you know, Arab, we have Indians, we have all different types of people standing together saying, you know what, this is enough. You know, we got we have businesses saying 
I have to donate. I have to put my money where my mouth is, and I'm going to donate to this cause because there is a gap. There is a breakdown in that system. It's broken, you know, and we have people now understanding that it's not about the flag. It never was about the flag. It was about this, people being murdered, point blank, period, simply because they're black. And that's wrong. So, like, when I see that, it gives me hope because now people understand. And, you know, God works in mysterious ways because they thank God for the coronavirus, for, you know, for the quarantine. Thank God for, um, you know, giving people or not having all of the normal distractions because now people are paying attention because they didn't have anything else to do. And when you see yeah, when you see the, the raw footage of what's actually happening, no censorship at all, then they understand that they're able to relate and they're able to say, could have been my child, that could have been my friend's child. You know, because like I said, you can't count how many black friends you got. You got. You can't count how many white friends you got. But I tell you what, you're you're at that point when that video was released. At that point, the white friends that you do have were humanized, and they understood. You know what? That could have been misplaced. That could have been misplaced. You know, this is blatantly wrong. You know what I mean? Because now they're able to connect. And I think that's the that's the part that's the most important part is putting a face with it. We've seen it so many times, and there are so many faces mm-hmm. that we could have attacked. But maybe this was the straw that broke the camel's back, to where people are saying enough is enough. Enough is enough. Why is this happening? Why is this continuing to happen? With you know the countless people before, the countless accusations of, you know, blaming two black men. Enough is enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's criminal has no color. Thieves have no color. I think that arson is you know, arsonists have no color. You know, I mean, it's crime has no color. It doesn't matter what color you are. If you want to rob somebody, you gonna rob them. If, if you know what I'm saying. If if you are going to defraud the the government in some type of a way, you're gonna do it. It doesn't matter what your color is. That's about character. Or sometimes survival because mm-hmm. of your circumstance. And it's been the, it, the, the, the playing field has been so unequal for so long. Um, and the media has, has taken control over what we as the people see 
that we've only been able to see the um, negative circumstances or, you know, of, of black folks. You know, when, when they show us, they don't show us as the CEOs and the business owners and the millionaires that, that we are. When they show us, they show us as the poor black people who can't get out of the hood. And so mm-hmm. the perception is that's how most of us are. And so people don't understand um, that, that's only a percentage, just like, you know, the, the white culture or the whites and, and other ethnicities and backgrounds have, um, what do you call it? They have hood or, you know, I don't know if they, yeah, I mean, they have it. Um, it's just not mm-hmm. publicized to, to make everyone aware. So, Look, you you know what I'm saying? I do, and one of the things that we also have to be mindful that part of this movement is to stop the systematic oppression. Yeah, you know, in, the, in all the injustices, and I think that's very huge, huge, because now again with equality, you've given everybody a fair shake. There's no uh, limitations because of the hue, because you look like or don't look like me. You know what I mean? And I believe that once we start attacking um, classism as well, I think we, we're we're well on our way to you know going up that hill. We making traction, if you will. Because with, with 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 classism, we are still looking down on other people because they're not in our same, let's say, tax bracket or social class. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, and and you're right. I think the the unfortunate part is is that you know we suffer from you know like you said both racism and classism. Um, the the problem is is to an extent I think the classism issue will will continue to exist um, simply because they money has a tendency to change people um, so I mean you'll be able to limit it to to some degree but you're still going to have those who are going to be those just like you're going to have the, the bigots who are going to be bigots so um, I think the the immediate need is for this racism to end because truthfully it is stupid. It is absolutely stupid for you to look at me and not like me because I'm darker than you. It's not like you look at me look at me and you don't like me because I've done something to offend you or because I've done something to offend one of your family members or anything like that. You look at me and you instantly hate me because of my skin color? I'm going to ask you this. What did your family member do for me to offend him? Right. I mean, see, that's the whole thing. How? Where did this all start? You know, like, mm-hmm. so you don't like me because I'm black? 
how stupid is that? It's it's like, you know, you going to school and somebody telling you they don't like you because you wear shorts and they like to wear sweatpants. You're like, I don't like the way she dressed. What? Right, right. You know, like, how stupid is that? So let's let's go back, you know, and, and just be real. Like, we we were watching the show just, just the other night, and it, it said, where did the term nigger even come from? Mm. Mm. Like, you created what, the term. What is in your mind? What was going on in your mind where you felt like you had to make this word and use it against black people in a derogatory mm. way? What happened to you mm. to make you want to put me in a lower class or to put me beneath you? What happened to you mm. to make you think that you were above me? That's, that's an awesome because question. Of the color, what, made, what happened to I mean, make you think that you was above me? Yeah, because of the color of my skin? Because you think white is pure and black is not? Or because you are colorblind? Or, you know, like, like what happened? Before we go in for a job, before we go in to compete, before, you know, our, our, our merits are, are measured, what happened to you to make you to to make you think that I'm already beneath you. You don't even you know, you don't even know how fast I can run, but you've already put me beneath you. You you know, you have no idea if I can swim or not, but you've already put me beneath you and saying that I can't even compete with you. So you've already what happened to where you have to separate yourself so that you could excel? You want to be the only Maybe one? Insecurity. Because me personally, I don't I don't want to fight with somebody who's not even on my level. I want, in order for me to be the best, I got to beat the best. Meaning, exactly. I have to fight with people above my level. Absolutely right. You know, if, if you're trying to excel and you're trying to advance, you know, you start off, I don't know much about boxing, but you can start off boxing Muhammad Ali. You work your way up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't they go by, by class or heavyweight, lightweight? I mean, you're not going to come in the ring and box Tyson. Not on your first match. So you have yeah, to, no. to work your way up. Right. Yeah, yeah. So so what happened to you where you want to go ahead and eliminate me? You want to eliminate the possibility of standing toe-to-toe with me simply because I'm black? Let's reverse it. You, elim- you eliminated me because I'm superior? Because Because you can't fathom the fact that you may lose? You don't want to think of the possibilities of defeat. 
I think the so you eliminate as many people as you can? Yes. Yes. If I got to p- compete with more inferior people, then I'm good at that. If I got to compete with one superior person, oh, nah. Nah, we ain't go. But see, that's the thing. You know, when when you've never really given us the opportunity. So you you didn't give us a farm to see if we could run it, be- run it better than you. You made us work your farm. You didn't give us land to see if we could keep it better than you. You made us work your land. You didn't build us a house. See if we could, you know, we built yours. Mhm. You, you see what I mean? So, so it, it's kind of one of those. I don't, I don't really quite understand the the mindset of where nigger derives from. It just doesn't make sense to me because, again, what was the purpose? The purpose was to not put you in the same category as me. When I'm when I'm speaking to my other colleagues, I have to use a use a code word to let them know that somebody else is coming in. That it's not like us. But the fact of the matter is, this person that come in may be better, so we can't have him. We can't. We really can't. We can't have them in this in our circle because they are better. They are better. And so then, what you do, you and and don't get me don't get me wrong. You know this. You know for our listeners that that's out there, this this is not a conversation about. Or we're not racist. We're trying to. First, understand that the mindset of, of whoever, because the word had to start somewhere. One person right. had to start the word, or group or panel had to decide on the word, you know, or however it was. It came from somewhere. But not only that, trying to understand the mindset of it being okay to own other people. And there were black slave owners. There were slave black slave owners of black slaves. There were white slave owners of white slaves. We understand that. Um, so we're just trying to figure out how we become niggers. Well, we didn't come over here as such. Um Again, that's an American coin. I personally, I know I know who I am, and I'm sure there's a lot of people before me who knew who they were. And in the research that I've done, nigger is ignorant. That could be because they don't know who they are. They just know who we told them they are. You know what I mean? Because remember, they stripped they stripped everything from you, from religion to culture to uh, 
everything. Everything. Language even. So maybe they just umbrella that term as ignorant. But the fact of the matter is, uh, I think it's just as safe to call to call them all cowards because if you're afraid, if you have to eliminate or prevent your competition or your person from competing with you, then you're not competing. You know what I mean? Mhm. I do. I, I personally, like I said, I personally like to compete. I don't believe there's any competition out there with me. That's me personally. Mhm. Yeah, I agree. What is it? Okay. So I was reading an article, and the guy was in hot water because of uh, black supremacy. Um, what's your what's your take on that? What's your thoughts on that? Let me reference the the quote again, and I'll tell you. Without. can't be white black supremacy if there's white people something along those lines defeating white supremacy without white people creates black supremacy equality is the truth like it or not we're all in this together Quote um, that was posted to Twitter. And what I think about that quote is it's true. The only thing that he was trying to say is that, look, we can't do this alone. In order to overcome white supremacy or hate, we got to at least rally with the folks of that background or of that color who believe it's wrong too. Because if they don't ever think it's wrong, they're not going to change. Or if they don't think Period. that some people that look like them think it's wrong, then they're not going to find fault in it. As long as they only see people that don't look like them, then it's like, you know, it, it may be okay to just complaining. But when I see people that look like me saying, that this isn't right, then I might have to revisit it and think that this possibly isn't right. Because remember, Martin Luther King also had uh, white folk marching with him for civil rights. Mm-hmm. So that's, that, let, that should let us know that it's not about race. It's about equality. Humanity. Because you have everybody from every background, like you said earlier, Every step walks of life and every stage in life. Mhm. And it's, it's something, wrong is wrong. you know, truth be told, it's something that needs to be talked about. 
we live in this world together. Our children go to school together. We're, you know, we're raising families. We are, you know, working in corporate environments together. Why not address the elephant in the room? Why not sit and have a conversation about me me being black and what it is to live as a black woman, as a black mother, constantly in fear for my husband making it home or my children making it home or even my children being treated fairly in school? You know, so let's have a conversation about what, what that's like. You know, let me have a conversation with, with a, a, a white woman um, about that. And I guarantee you that my fears aren't her fears. But as mothers, she will understand my fears because she does have fears of her own for her children. And then let's, like, why not talk about how do we change this? You know, we're, we're mothers. You know, forget the fact that my fears, I, I have some fears that are a little different from yours. The fact is, is we both fear for the safety of our children in one way or another. Hers may be, you know, hers may be the fear of, of you know, her children being in a the movie theater and being shot up. Okay, cool. Well, guess what? That may not be my fear because I can't even let my child go to the movie theater in fear of being pulled over before he has arrived. You see what I'm saying? So we need to be able to have these conversations because that's how change happens. Change doesn't happen silently. You know, it, it, as my husband, if I make something that you don't like and you – eat it, and you say, baby, these grits are good, and I know I intentionally put too much salt in them, but I want you to say something to me about it, because I want you to tell me if you like it or if I should change it or not. If you never say anything, then you go eat salty grits for the rest of your life. So it's it's one of those. We have to come together and have a conversation so that we can see each other's views and start to change one thing at a time. I think breaking it breaking it down and just meeting on a level of similarity because we have more things in common than that are different. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on what we have in common. Motherhood. That's what. We can remove everything else and let's just talk about being a mother. Parents, once you find that common ground, then it may go to you know, cooking recipes. I, I don't know, but you'll find that you have more in common than you have that, that are different. It, but it's about but no not being afraid to have the conversation. You say you'd be afraid to have a conversation. It's about being afraid not to have the conversation. Don't avoid it. You know, it's let's sit at the table and let's hash it out, you know. And, yes, there are going to be some times where we don't agree. That's fine because just because you may feed your your children's cereal for breakfast and I may feed mine grits doesn't make my child any less hungry or any more hungry than yours. They're still hungry children. They're just eating different things. We still have to get up and feed them. 
Mine may take a little longer than yours. There's nothing wrong with that. The point is, is we're avoiding the conversation simply because they think it's a contentious subject, which it is. But if we're all rallying together for change, then the conversation has to be had. And it's a matter of, yes, we see the similarities, but we do see the differences, and the differences are where we need to bridge that gap. The differences are oh, if, if, it, if it were my son being pulled over versus, you know, a, a white kid being pulled over, the difference is that white kid is going to, without a doubt, make it home. There's a possibility mine may not. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what we can do to bridge that gap and make sure that mine does make it home. That's all we're saying. It's nothing more than that. We're not saying if they if if they messing up, don't you know address it. We're not saying run from our children because we're coming to get you. We're saying treat them like you would if it were your child. Have yeah. compassion. Have 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 some sense of humanity because when it's all said and done, and when those cops pull those that kid. Out of out of the car down and then by his by his feet. If it was if it were his child, he would know how he felt. So my thing is, address that child as you would your own. Why? Because that's how you get change. That's how you get children, or that's how you get a response. You treat people with dignity and respect. Point blank. Period. I agree. I believe that. We also have to be mindful that um, it is a very, a very difficult conversation to have, but it's a very cancerous situation not to have the conversation. You know what I mean? Like, yes, absolutely necessary. If we don't have it, it's a matter of life and death. Period. It has been, yes has been a matter of life and death. What happens is we have these inequalities, we have these marches, and and we have these protests, and we have people coming to the forefront to stand with us, and then what happens? In a month, it stops. There's no more movement. There's no more Black Lives Matter. It's everybody's going back to work, and and our focus is taken off off of it. Let's not as... as, uh, Al Sharpton said, get your foot off my neck. Get your knee off my neck so so, so that I can continue to breathe and fight and have another day to tell my story so that we can continue to make some type of progress in changing this world. Not only changing policing, changing the way people see us. When you see me, see me as a mom. See me as a woman. See me as, you know, a, a business owner. See me as power. See me as your equal. Don't look at me and see me as your nanny. Don't look at me and see me as your, I don't know, uh, farm worker or your laborer. Look at me and see me for who I am. Forget the color of my skin. If we were all red, simply because that's the color of our blood, 
everyone's blood. If we were all red, we wouldn't have these issues. Mm. When I die, if I'm an organ donor, do you think you're not going to get my heart because I was a black woman? Organs have no color. I don't think you care what color I am as long as you get that heart. As long as you get a heart, right? So why does it matter what color I am? Let's sit and have a conversation because right now my people are suffering from this oppression and injustice. My people are suffering from and have been, and my children will be affected. Forget about me. Truth be told, I want to live to see the day where where my boys can go out and make it home without a worry of a cop or a white man gunning them down. If I can live to see that day, then I've already accomplished way more than my any of my ancestors have. Because, you know, like like my grandmother is no longer here. But she had the same fears for her children as I have for mine. And and hers for her, so forth and so on. Generations on back, if I could live to have a day where I don't have that particular fear, we've accomplished something. Mm. All I can say is, let's fight. Because <laughs> that's, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It is, it is, it'll be a beautiful day just to see those days where, you know, or my son go, I know he's coming home. My faith tells me he's coming home, but I want my my fellow brothers or sisters to ensure that he makes it home, if that makes sense. Yeah, yes. That's why conversations absolutely have to be had. There's no more hiding behind books. There's no more hiding behind, you know, closed doors. There's no there's no more hiding. It's it's plain and simple. Have a conversation with me. Look at me and ask me how are you? I know that you weren't personally affected um by this particular tragedy, but you are a mother of black boys. How are you? How are you holding up? Yeah. You know, what is there anything I can do? You know, what can we do? You know, or you know, you you go to work and, and, and you know, your your counterpart say, Look, you know what can I do? How can I do my part? You know, um, something, you know, say something, because that's how we change the world, one conversation at a time. You know, it's one movie I was watching, if you could, if you know, you could change 
One. That's the start. We're not going to change the world in a day, but it, but you know what? If if you could have an interaction with me, and you can walk away from me knowing that I am one, a child of God, a woman of God, and a wife and a mother, and I have the same responsibilities in my household as you have in yours, and you understand my pain, if you can walk away from me knowing that, then that makes you conscious of the world around you. It makes you care just a little bit more, and it makes you purposely do things a little bit differently when it comes to your encounters with other people who don't look like you. It's like it's like, you know, we go downtown and and we walk across homeless people and panhandlers and you know, the the first thing we want to do is is kind of, you know, run a little bit to get away from them. But then when you stop for whatever reason, stop it across the street and and you say something to them and you find out they're a veteran you don't look at them as a panhandler anymore. You look at them with a level of respect for what they've done for our country, for our rights, what they've sacrificed. Do you not? No, oh, I agree. Yes, I do. It changes the way you look at them. You know, and, and it changes that simply because you took a moment. We have something in common. To find a common ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. As hard as it may be, you know, to sit and especially to have an uncomfortable conversation, you know, I would imagine uncomfortable uncomfortable conversations get had all the time. For people who stay married long enough, you know, uncomfortable conversations that happen all the time. For people who have children and their children have children, you know, so all types of uncomfortable conversations are happening. Why is this one continuously avoided? It shouldn't be. I agree. So we definitely need to start making sure that we're conversing about everything. We 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 talk about things of, of zero consequence, right? But the things that could change the impact we run from. When I say, I'm talking about like the the whole dynamic could shift with just mere words. Because remember, it kind of got this way with mere words. The start, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, why? One words. word. Yeah. Yeah. Just that one. So 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 tell me this. If it got this way, this bad, off of one word. And it's a word that I'm gonna say because I'm not afraid to say it, nigger. 
It got this way, this bad, off of one word. All it took was one word to make it this bad. How come it's taken more than that to provoke some type of change? Well, be mindful that that one word wasn't uh, flower to rose. I understand that, that. that word is like that word is like you know parallel to hatred. You know what I mean? It is. So to, you have to change that 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 tone. But if it took one word to do all that damage, it's taken lives to undo it. That's my no, point. No, it wasn't it just the word. It was it was it was the tone behind it. The hatred. The hatred. That's the word. I, that that that, that I, was associated with it. I understand that. I got that, but it started with the word. The hatred grew as the word grew. The hatred made the word stronger. I get that, but now we're at the point where the one word, obviously along with the hatred, has taken lives. It's not taking words back from us. It's not taken, well, it has taken property. It has taken stuff like that. But this word, hatred behind it, is taking, has taken, is taking still lives. How do lives, taking lives, equal one word in the hatred behind it? It's not that's not one plus one equals two. That math doesn't add up. You see what I mean? You started this mess with with one word. And and you know, who knows? When they thought of the word, there was probably no hate behind it. They were probably just trying to create division. Let me separate myself from them because they here come the blankety blank, okay. You know, and and then it grew. And, you know, somebody's passion went behind it when they said it. And then you throw on another person's passion. And so it intensified. How did it intensify to where lives are equivalent, taking lives are equivalent to the word? It's not equal. No. But you hatred is one thing that's so... Hatred. I know. I know. Uh, yeah. I, I I agree. I I definitely agree. Here again, you know, it's that's where you change you change hearts. You change the hearts of people, and the only way you can change the hearts of people is to open their minds. So that once that common ground is is found, conviction falls on them. That's God. That's love. Mm -hmm. That's what overcomes hatred. So we know how. You know, like you come, you combat hatred with with word, the word. 
his word. That's how you overcome hatred. Problem is, is that the no one wants to break the ice to be open to it. Um, like I was watching something with I don't know, just an old clip with Muhammad Ali, and he had this interview, and he was he was saying how he was asking his mama like, why is everything white? You know, angel food cake is 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 white. Devil food cake is. is is, is black, you know, and then he was saying how you got white clouds, white this, white that, and, you know, like the toilet paper is white, and paper towels is white, and, and uh, so, and it, and it was funny because he was saying he was just trying to understand the, the world. Like, is, is everything white because white is, is good? You know, and um, so, so, no one wants to break the ice. Let's have these conversations. What are the perceptions? You know, the perceptions of being white is, is that it's pure, it's clean. Everyone, you know, like everybody wants a, a crisp white pair of pants or crisp white sneakers. And, you know, so it's like why... Have we put so much weight and so much emphasis on white being pure? He's like, why is Jesus white? You know, he and he asked his mama these things. So that's an uncomfortable conversation. But he was getting well, answers. May not have been the right answers, but you see what I'm saying? Like that was an uncomfortable question. Yeah, I mean. Me knowing me, I mean, I, I know that white is, is is symbolic to innocence, but black is symbolic to strength. Um, now, I know that's not what's, what's taught or what's depicted, but that's one of the reasons why at funerals they dress in black to empower Mm-hmm. The spirit to move to the next level, to the next realm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's, that's, so, uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just saying. I, I know that's not something that's that's really taught. Uh, but every time you do, you know, the brainwashing is there. When you see, you know, the bad guy on TV, he's black with a uh, in black clothes. Or, scruffy beard or what have you and a superhero's clean shaven and white you know mm-hmm. uh, in white clothes type deal um, mm-hmm. that's what it is you know even when the police train they sh- they're shooting black silhouettes on white paper so quite naturally they're being programmed to shoot black mm-hmm You're absolutely right, and 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 again, you know, you see, it basically that the Bible, um, and I don't know if Pastor is on or if he's getting on tonight, but the, the Bible talks about um, this power in the tongue, right? So so let's let's go back and, and think about to to wherever whomever, um, you know, coined the term the N word, right? So. As, as that word was being used more, 
and um, thrown around more loosely, and each person was putting emphasis, their own um, emphasis of hate in it, and it grew, and it just grew more powerful. And then what happened was it they started relating that term to, okay, so when you hear the word nigger, then it was described for black people. So what happened is is now the the term correlated to the word to to blacks, and what happened was blacks became to be correlated to crime and evil, and um, so I say that you know there's power in the tongue because you see how the word was was called out or was thought of or created or put into rotation, how you call it, and then the world shifted right behind it. And the world started putting emphasis, taking that word and correlating it to the blacks. And then, you know, before you know it, devil spoon cake. You see what I'm saying? So black is evil, white is pure. Black is bad, white is good. And so, hence, here we are. Here we are, some 400 more years later, still enduring the same thing, just on a different spectrum, but still enduring the same hate that we always have because the world has put everything bad and associated it with black. Everything good is white. So how do you change that perception? How do you change the power behind that? You know, because you have to, now you have to be real naive to think that black folks are the only one that commits crime. You know, something got to be wrong with you on so many levels to think that it's only black folks. Well, I'm true, sorry. True. I mean, I'm saying all the way across the board, not only crime, but I'm talking about even that's standing in the welfare lines, that's that's in prison. That's unemployed. We all that's paying taxes. We all are in the same boat. If you exactly, you got black folks and white folks. So if you think that it's just the black folks who are committing crimes, my thing is when you look at television, you do see black on black crimes. Why isn't the white on white crimes uh, publicized as well? Exactly. Or the the Asian on Asian or Hispanic on Hispanic or what have you. Because if we're in the same community, there's going to be a crime against somebody that looks like you in your community. Yeah, absolutely. But the reason to answer your question, like why don't they see it, is because you think about it, that the power that has been created behind the association of being black. Yeah, you have to be naive to think that we're the only ones on welfare. You know, you're right. They would have to be naive. And the thing is, is that not all of them are naive, but most, there are still some that think that way. And that's where we are with the problem. There are still some that are just dumb enough to believe that all black people are criminals. There are still some that's just dumb enough to believe that all black people are on welfare. There's still some that just that are just dumb enough to believe that all black people take
take handouts and they don't want to work and they don't work. They're still just dumb enough to believe that all black people came from slaves. Not all black people came from slaves. Truth be told, not all slaves came from slaves. Right. But because of the power that's been put behind the word and because of, of, of the association with the, the word, it leaves us where we are. It leaves us right where we are. I, my favorite color is black, always has been. My aunt used to tell me all the time, you should wear colors. I don't know why you always wear black. Because I find something very beautiful about black. And, yes, strengthening, not only that, it makes you look smaller. But, but you know, it, I find black to be comforting for me. And so I, I've had to, you know, challenge myself to kind of venture out and wear other colors because, you know, my aunt said I should. And so there again, it's just my perception or my reality of black is that it's bold, it's beautiful, it's strength, you know, it's survival, it's life, it's love, it's godly. I mean, that's for me. Oh, please don't stop. I'm I'm enjoying. <laughs> I, I thought you would want to comment, but I mean, again, no. that's that's for me. You know, that's you know, and that's just always like, you know, I've just always felt that way. Um, I don't know. You know, I guess. I think that when it comes to the, the brain, the, the brainwashing, and I remember they used to have the shows, the black, it was in black and white. I can't remember the name of it, where they had the, you know, I think it was some type of propaganda for the KKK. You know, they were spitting out and spewing out. Nonsense, and of course, uh, the black guy committed the crime, of course, against a white woman, and, and all this. And, and we've and we've seen that time and time again. I mean, hell, that's been going on since the beginning of time. Everything that goes on is always a black man and a white woman. Always, always, always. Um. And there's quite a few movies that you can reference if you don't believe what I'm telling you. But the insulting part about all this is it's in our face. It has been in our face. So why now? Why are we just coming together now to see that there's a problem? Now, in the last two weeks, we've had several cases. Well, I'm sorry, last week we had five cases that uh, black men were falsely accused and I don't recall seeing any this week so far. 
But just last week alone, it was like five cases. Two black guys. Two black guys. Two black guys. So if it's been in television this long, in our face this long, why why now? Why should we pay some attention now? Part of it, I think, is that we're taking notes from our children and, and parents um, in our generation who um, have children in school. Um, their children don't understand racism because that's not not a thing that's happening in that generation like we said before. So I think part of it is our children changing us and our children making us want to make this world a better place for them. And we love them enough to stand up and say, you know what, it is stupid. You know, if, if my daughter or son wants to date a black or a white girl, then, then they should be able to because love has no color. Love has no boundaries. has no limitations. So if if my child is uh, of God, who is love, then how do you restrict that? And mm-hmm. it and it. So I think that that you know, again, like the young brother who who was on the call last week, who was talking about going out protesting. You know, like I'm taking notes from him because he is bold enough to go and and fight for equality, knowing the risk of him being racially profiled or knowing the, the the risk of or the possibility that he could be um, tased or apprehended simply because they can assume that he's violent and he's not. Um, but if he's willing to step out on his face and do that, doesn't that make you as, as a parent want to, you know what, if you can do it, I can do it because the one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to let you stand out there alone. I'm not going, you know, especially when you're doing something that is going to be life altering, you know, something that can change the world. You know, I'm tired, but I'm going to go and I'm going to stand with you. You know, um, that's what we do for our, that's what we do, especially when they're right. Now, when they're wrong, they're wrong. But when they're doing something of cause that's worthy, we'll come together for them. You know, like like for us, if at all possible, I'll move heaven and earth for ours, and you would too. If they were doing something to provoke change, to 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 be um, positive, to be – I mean, this could be monumental – you know, so it's when he votes for the first time, it, God forbid, if, if I am, you know, incapacitated in any kind of way, when he votes, I will be going with him to the voting booth. Don't care who he's voting for. That's his right. But when he does it, because he's being a part of change in some way, you know, God, let me go, you know, put me in the car, let me just ride with you and drop me on back off at the house, <laughs> you know. So I think that why now is because we see the world that 
will be left behind to our children, and we don't like it. We don't like it. It's, we can settle for, you know, we can settle for cold food. We can settle for, um, you know, ramen noodles, but we want our child to be able to eat uh, a protein and a vegetable and a well-balanced diet. So if, if i got to sacrifice and eat these ramen noodles so you can have the last piece of chicken and green beans, then that's what we do. So I think that's the why now because we understand that this world is not a safe place for our children if it continues to go like it is. Mm. You think about it. I I agree. You think about it. No. You know, because there are some, there's some generations, you know, you think about us and then you think about like our, our parents and our grandparents. And, you know, for those of us who have great grandparents, I don't, but, you know, so think about the great grandparents who were born in the 20s and the 30s and how they experienced or maybe played a, a role in racism, whether they were the recipient or whether they were the giver of racism. Now, fast forward to where they have their great granddaughter who is going to the eighth grade dance with a young black boy. That's their great granddaughter. They realize that it's a pure blessing that they're able to even have one great grandchildren to live to have seen this moment. Um, they too want to fight for change for their great granddaughter, even though they may have been on the back of trucks or may have had friends on the back of trucks pulling black boys and, you know, lynching us. Now it matters to them because it affects their lineage. It affects their generation. It affects their future. So they want to change it. And then it's part of that conviction. Pastor said it, you know, last call, time before that, and we've been talking. The last shall be first. And the first shall be last. I pray to God that the voting this year is just blows any other voting year, election year, out of the water. I mean, I pray to God that everybody shows up at the at the tolling booth. The people who turn eighteen. In June, register, get there, go. July, register, get there, go. August, everybody who turns 18 before this election, register, go vote, make it count. I pray to God that it turns out. Even like, you know, when Pastor mentioned the census and saying that, you know, the census is going to show that we are no longer the minority. I believe that. I believe that. Let's be the head and not the tail. Let's take our rightful place in history because for so long, for so long, we've been still sitting on the back of the bus. We've been still just sitting and waiting to be put in the game. Fuck that. Go get in the game. Go get your vote in. Go go protest. Go make it count. And make sure that when we leave this world, you know, it's it's a better place for our children. And I don't have to worry about you know, right now I may not have to worry about my son being, you know, hung from a tree, thank God, or dragged from a truck, thank God. But I do have to worry about other things as far as this police brutality and 
wrongful, um, you know, identity, mistaken identity or what have you, and injustices, you know, I don't want to leave that behind for for him to have to worry about. Like, I do all I can to change anything right now, you know, anything. So why now? Because now it matters for our children. I think for me, there's no better time than now. It's never too late. Mm-hmm. It's only too late when we don't do it. So since we're on the way, it's never too late. Mm-hmm. I think it's perfect timing. Quite honestly, it's perfect timing. You, you Now you see people are coming. <laughs> the virus hit, and it was like a plague. You know, you get two cars on the street. You didn't see anybody walking. There was nobody in the grocery store. You know, you saw nobody doing anything during this whole corona pandemic. You know, they say quarantine. People stayed at home. People bought all the toilet paper, all the gloves, all the masks, all the paper towels, all the chicken, all the milk, everything in the grocery stores were gone for weeks, for weeks. You're just now starting to see you know, a couple rolls of toilet tissue pop up, you know, maybe they got 20 rolls and, you know, so forth. But you're just starting to see shelves being restocked. So people were gone in a hiatus at home. And now you see people sacrificing and risking their lives in essence to protest. For yeah. the peaceful protest. I know there's some looting going on, but people are coming out their homes in their masks, in their gloves, with their signs, and they're standing less than six feet apart. Some still respecting the social distancing, but they're doing it because they understand what matters most. I will sacrifice my health right now to make sure that everyone is treated equally because I can no longer sit back and watch this happen. It makes absolutely no sense. We are beyond this. I mean, I I have counterparts who don't look like me, but we've connected on a much deeper level. We go to church together. We break bread together. Like, that's my, you know, like, these are my people. Forget the skin color. This is blatantly just wrong. You know, so, yeah, you're right. Better late than never. Now is the perfect time. You know, let's do it. Plus, again, it's an election year. How do we show up for each other? We vote. We make sure that we put people in place who represent us. We make sure that we do everything in our power to to get as much education we can as we can about the candidates, and we put the ones that we prefer in office. We vote for them. Now, that's supposed to be the democracy that we live in, but, you know, it's a whole other story for a whole other day. But that's how we provoke change. We do everything that we can. We, we protest, and and we just stand together, you know? You know, I think that we definitely want to be mindful. All, this, all it takes is you to start it, all right? 
you don't you don't you don't have to be a gang of y'all or a crew of y'all or you know a bunch of people. True strength comes when just standing up for what's right. Period. Somebody speak out. I'm gonna speak out. It 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 doesn't it doesn't matter to me because I don't feel like you're gonna kick my ass. But right is right. That simple. Maybe you don't know that what you're doing is wrong. So somebody take the opportunity to teach. Mm-hmm. What Ronell said, no opportunity wasted. So take every opportunity to teach. Hey, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's not right. Mm-hmm. And it, and, it, and it really doesn't matter what it is. Just stand up for it. Right. If you right, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. Every time. Every time. Mm-hmm. I believe that it is. It's we on we on the right path. I believe we're making good traction. I'm grateful that we started. I don't believe that it's too late. I don't believe that we can do it alone. I believe that humanity has no color, no hue. I believe equality has no hue or color as well. Just like unity and just like love. I believe that all those things are are God characteristics or qualities. And I believe that we've lost so much by trying to make a difference of people and just holding on to that versus treating everybody equal, (laughs) if you will, or humane. You know what I mean? So I, I definitely don't believe it's too late. And I think that for our kids, it is very important that we continue to fight. We continue to teach. Um, and, and, you know, we'll find some some crossroads at some point when um, me, as, as a black man, and my son is dating uh, a white girl, I had not issue. It's just uncharted territory for me. But then when you sit back and think, he is dating a girl, and she makes him happy, and he makes her happy. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. So in the initial conversation, the initial introduction, when we're saying we can learn a lot from our children, that's one of the things that we can learn. Because me, I hold on to the experiences of my elders, not of my own personal experiences, but these are the lessons that I was taught, which kind of made me ignorant, in a sense, or monistic even, you know, closed-minded or, or having one 
way of thinking versus thinking how God would want, you know, because he created all of us equally. He didn't say that you can only procreate with a black boy and a black a black male and a black female. Nowhere, I don't think that was part of the qualifications. I believe that it said, you know, be fruitful and multiply. That's not my call. Uh, Pastor, uh, he can clear that up for us. Um, good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? Well, thank you. How are you? I'm a little tired, but I just wanted to check in, man, listen. Just listen for a little bit, so... I know it was really, really late, but um had a whole lot going on in our in our little town, so figured I'd call and listen to you guys and get some good news. Like we just said, it ain't never too late. The problem is we never got started. So as long as you call, it's a start. How about that? All right. Um, that sounds good. We wouldn't man, be so. headed down this road if we never got started. That's right. That's right. Never too late. I agree with that, so so y'all keep talking. I want to hear something good. Well, I ain't got nothing else good to say. All I know is <laughs> we. Uh, I'm I'm happy that that it has started. I don't think that uh, we're asking too much by asking for equality. Um, I believe that it's just the humane thing to do. Um, I have several references to where. Uh, as 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 black Americans, we have been put beneath animals. Now, we've also been classified as animals, but we've been put beneath animals. And um, we've been the scapegoat, no pun intended, um, for everything. And I believe as humans, the human race is, is tired of it. You know, uh, whites and blacks alike are tired of it. You know, let's stop covering for the evil. Let's stop covering for the hate. You know, um, let's stop covering for the ones that uh, enacted and gave the word nigger so much power. Mm. Well, you know what, I I, I believe that... um, you know, I, I'm a lot like you. I'm glad to see that things are, you know, have been um, revealed, I guess you would say, exposed, however you want to say it. But the truth of the matter is, man, you know, looking at it from, you know, a biblical perspective, uh, we were, this thing was destined. And when I say destined, I'm not going to say it was destined for you know, this man who loses his life or anything, I'm not, I'm not saying any of that. But the Bible says that um, uh, to whom much is given, much is going to be required. And so we live in a country that said, you know, um, in God we trust. And, you know, uh, you know, a certain race have had so much for so long. Well, you know, as the old folks say, now the chickens come on the roost. You know, much has been given to you. Now a lot's going to be required of you. And I just believe that uh, God is finally moving his hand, and I don't think it's, uh, you can fight all you want, but I don't think it's going to stop it unless we stop. And, uh, you know, because now you're seeing corporations come out and, and uh, 
you know, change their stance, you know, because they're starting to lose money, starting to lose business, starting to lose credibility. Um, there's a company here uh, in the in the area, at least, uh, a security company, CPI, and they're just in this area alone. They've lost so many contracts just in the last three days. I mean, it's just you know, and it doesn't matter what this guy tries to say um, to try and clean it up. You know, it's time to to, to pay the piper now. And unfortunately, he's having to do that. There's so many others that's having to do it, though. Um, I think it was destined. And things do seem like they don't make a whole lot of sense because if I had told you in January that uh, the name George Floyd was going to mean more than the name Kobe Bryant, you wouldn't have believed me. Neither would I. But, um, you know, everybody, I'm sure they know that Kobe died, but which name has carried more weight, you know, to this point at least during the year. So it's just – Again, I think that that you know God has finally pulled the curtain back, pulled the cover back, and uh, you know uh, everybody's going to have to deal with some things. And even what you just said when I got on here, you know, we got to deal with the um, race relations in another way because our kids, okay, the generation before us, they weren't allowed to have to even look at somebody of another race, and then we started to kind of fiddling around with it, kind of in the dark. But dark kids, nah, man, it's, it's whatever they want. You know, they just go, so now we got a, I come, a fam, I come from a family, they don't, they kind of frown down on me being a black man and dating or marrying a white woman. They kind of frown on that. That's, you know, a family scene, if nothing else. So guess what? Now we're going to have to deal with that, we, you know, because, uh, Love don't have a color, unfortunately. So a lot of folks are going to be called on the carpet, man. So uh, we're, in a, we're in a different world now. We're in a different world now. So uh, all I can say is get ready. Miss Quick, what's your thoughts? Um, well, first of all, good evening, Pastor. Um, hey. I, I think that, you know, both of you are right. You know, in this... And it's crazy because, you know, like I said earlier, you know, if if for no other reason we do this for our children, you know, if you always, you know, we sacrifice the, the last meal or, you know, the last piece of chicken or the last juice, you know, we'll let our kids, you drink the juice and I'll drink the water. We, we always want them to be better off than we are. And, um, leaving this world right now like it is, we're not we're not putting them in a better position um, at all. So, you know, for if for no other reason, we do this for our kids. And I think that, you know, again, you know, no, I would have never thought a man named George Floyd would mean more than Kobe Bryant, but but he does, you know, right now simply because of you know, the circumstances surrounding his death. And and this is our wake-up call, you know, get it right. And um, I was watching this, I don't know what it was, you know, people are ranting and stuff and, and the riots. And, you know, ladies said, you know, they, they're they glad, they, they better be glad that we're out and we're asking for equality and not we're not out for revenge. 
because um, it could be revenge. And, and the unfortunate part is that that doesn't even make the situation any better at all. Um, and because, you know, when you're out for revenge, then, then that's a whole different level of extremities that, that's taking place and it's not peaceful protesting at that point. It's not change being made. It's more lives being taken. Um, and then, you know, we talked earlier about connecting, you know, finding reasons to connect, you know, with with each other. And, and change starts by having uncomfortable conversations. You know, we talked about um, where the word nigga come from, who started it, why, you know, and it is it's just like every other word that exists. Someone coined the term. Someone coined the term Black Lives Matter. And now it's it's a trend, it's a thing, it's a whole movement. How did nigger come about? We talked about, you know, it was said once and then it was said twice and with each person who said it each time they put their own passion of hate behind it and it became so powerful. And here we are where now, some over 400 years later, where, you know, taking lives are equivalent to the word nigger just because we're black or, you know, whatever it may be. So it's time, you know, it's time. Like we have to have uncomfortable conversations in order to get change. We have to make signs say uncomfortable words to be noticed, to be recognized. No, I'm going to say this. The word nigger does not have any correlation in in truth and in fact with uh, black. Yeah, I just want to want to drop that off right there, you know, uh, but the ignorant will try to make that correlation. Well, good luck, because even the word negro is a color. It's not That's a, in truth and in fact. But you, you and I both know the word when it when it was started, it was used to describe who. Because so see, if we were I, talking I in truth and in uh, right, so if we were talking I, I, in truth and in fact. So if we were talking, if we were talking in in truth and in fact, then you know we wouldn't we wouldn't be here. You know we would be on the level where where the on on the playing field where where the level was the same. We would be in in the monopoly game, so to speak. We would be able to keep our homes and able to keep our cars and able to keep our children alive. But because we're not talking in truth, in fact, we're talking pure hatred, like we said earlier, we are where we are. And, and you know, all these years we've been brainwashed by the media to correlate criminal with black, to correlate animal with black, to correlate angry women with black. White women get angry, too especially when it comes to their kids. Why not? We're mothers. Forget white, black. We're mothers. Come for our kids. And you will see the absolute bear come out. But white women don't get coined the term angry white women. It's the black women. 
You know, so the unfortunate part is the the brainwashing has been so consistent, so heavy, that in order to break away from it, absolute truth conversations have to take place. Uncomfortable conversations have to take place. You know, I mean... I'm not gonna say what it what it what would you think? What did what you think? Wouldn't you feel a sigh of relief if a white man walked up and, and, and asked you, you know, what is your what is your biggest fear? How can I what can we do? How can we come together to help your son make it home? from going to buy a bag of Skittles or from going to the park or from taking a jog around your neighborhood where you buy, where you pay a mortgage. What can I do to help your, to help ease your fear? Wouldn't that be the greatest thing ever? Now, he may not be able to do nothing about it, but just the mere fact that he cares and he's asking that he recognize the fact that he doesn't have that particular worry. As a father, he has other ones, but he doesn't have that one. And to try and find a place where, if he could help relieve that, would you let him? Would you work with him? I'll work with anyone who does. That's, that's showing a genuine interest, um, especially when it comes to to my family. You know, I can't. I, you gotta set your pride and you go down uh, because nothing happens by chance. As Pastor here, he can confirm. But God has put him in position or in play in your life for a reason. Mm-hmm. Pastor, go ahead and. And take that on away from me Well you know again um, To piggyback on what she was just saying You know I'll go back to You know my original uh, Comment you know to whom much is given Much is going to be required Okay now we've got Some attention we've got The floor now okay we We know how to protest we know how to riot We know how to complain We know how to yell and scream But now do we know how to conversate? Do we know how to sit down and, as she said, have that hard conversation? Okay, now you've got their undivided attention, and and and, uh, and they want to know, okay, uh, help me to understand, you know, my white privilege. You know, tell me what you mean by this. Do you want to be called black, colored, African-American, you know, and... Tell me what you don't like about the word, about the N-word. You ask them, you know, when do you when you say it, do you know what you mean? I mean, look again, to whom much is given, much is going to be required. So now you're going to have that opportunity to have conversations, uh, to sit down, and are we going to be willing to do it? Or are we just going to continue to scream and say, there's no justice, no peace, okay? You were screaming for a while, but guess what? Now the door is open. 
Now the door is open. Now you're getting your opportunity. Are we going to sit down and make it better for our children? You know, because before uh, they 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 got in our heads. They got in their head with the N-word. They got in their head with, you know, so many other things. When in reality, we had the power to, um, you know, to make things better all along. But we were so angry until we wanted to, we wanted revenge instead of equality. Results. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly right. So now you've gotten, you know, the, the beginning at least of what we wanted. Okay, now are we going to do to them what they did to us, and then that's going to satisfy us? Or are we going to sit down and have some honest dialogue and show them intelligence and ingenuity and and, and all these things? Are we going to really? Do it the right way. So uh, it's not just them that's being called on the carpet. All of us also. Are you going to sit back, you know, and talk about voter suppression? Are you going to get up and say, well, okay, we're going to make sure we put somebody out here on at these voting sites to make sure everything goes above board? You know, are we going? In other words, are we going to finally take our right for place? We wanted to get to the table. We wanted a seat at the table. Okay, now that you sit at the table, now one thing I'll tell you now. There's some conversations that happen at the table. You know, you, you sit at the table, and that's when a lot of bills are made. You know, uh, you want to get out there on the golf course with them, okay? That's where a lot of deals are made. You're going to get out there and just want to drink a 40 ounce, and you're going to get out there and say, okay, let me, let, you know, let me let me say this to you, and let me explain this to you, because apparently you've been living ignorant for the last 400 years, so let me school you. Let me give you a good understanding of this. You know, are we humble enough to do that? You know, that, that's the that's the thing about it. Are we going to let hatred continue to, uh, you know, uh, uh, drive us? So, you know, again, it goes back to too much is given, much is going to be required. So we, we've got, you know, at least it looks like the, the, the opportunity now. So I pray the guy would take advantage of it so that we can leave um, – the right thing for um, our children and our children's children. You know, we can leave the world a lot better. Well, and that's the way, look, if I can give my kid, our, our kids are going to have their own set of problems, but they shouldn't still have to deal with our problems. And that's what we're doing. We're still, we're still dealing with our ancestors' problems, man. So we haven't even gotten up to our life yet. You know, and I want our kids to live their life, you know, deal with their own problems, but don't deal with mine. Don't still fight the same devil that I was fighting, you know, uh, 30 years ago. And don't fight the same devil that, you know, is, is, you know, we talked about last week, I think, they have no voice. Okay, uh, Brother Jackson is, I think he's dealing with some health issues, looks like. And uh, Brother Sharpton, he, you know, he... <laughs> He can't, he can't holler like he used to holler. So, you know, we can't keep just calling Benjamin Crump. We got to, you know, there's some things we got to do now, you know. So there's mm-hmm. a lot we got to do. We got a lot we got to do. And and let's just say we all got uh, 35 to 40 years to do it, you know. Uh, well, you can accomplish a lot in 30 or 35 years. You do that, your kids should be... Um, well, at least have an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying right there. So uh, after a while, we're going to be able to keep yelling 
Where's my 40 acres and a muse? Well, okay, now we're getting ready to get it. Okay, we're getting ready to get it. So now you gonna do get it. it. That's right. What you going to put on it? And what you going to do Now, I want to say something too, Pastor, real quick, not to cut you off, but to piggyback on yeah, what you said. You know, when we, we've been doing this, we, we were fighting uh, anger or hatred with hatred, ignorance with ignorance. And last week right. you mentioned you can't fight fire with fire, you know, and not mm-hmm. get the same result. So in order mm-hmm. for us to combat hatred, we got to invoke love. If you want to, you want to uh, put out the fire, you got to use water, as you know. That's right. Um, so we continue to do what they're doing. We're really not getting anywhere. You know, you're yelling That's and right. I'm yelling. There's no one is listening. You're on it. <laughs> you are you're definitely on it. So we gotta we gotta humble ourselves, we gotta show some humility. And once we show that humility we'll understand, okay, um there was a time for me to fuss, but now it's time for me to listen. You know, there was a time for me to compete, but now it's the time for me to, you know, get in get on the same team, get on the same page. And that's that's all you can ask for. You know, we can't do it. In other words, we can't do it with our emotions and with our flesh. We got to do it according to God's way now, and that has to be love. That has to be, uh, you know, humility. That has to be humbleness. That has to be unity. That has to be. That, that's what it has to be now. Once you get up there, now you got to show those godly characters, and um, right. I, I, I pray that we can do that. I pray that we can because some of us have a flashback and say, "I'm." I'm gonna get at least one or two. I gotta get them, <laughs> you know. You, but you don't fight fire with fire. You gotta use water. You gotta use water, and water is just a, something pure, <laughs> you know. And that's what it's going to take. So, uh, you know, it's amazing to see things. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, those songs there, but I believe a change is gonna come. You know, it's been, Lord have mercy, who would have thought that? Um, I mean, heading into, uh, I think it's Lakeshore Drive in Washington, D.C., they got the big letters, Black Lives Matter play on the, do you hear me, on the street, heading up on the, the road. road to White House. Can you imagine, man, come on. That That is, I never would have thought that, you know, I would have seen anything like that. I mean, nothing, you know, it's it's, it's amazing, but. It, it's I'm going to give you so, something a little uh, bit more simpler than that. To see white folks holding their fist in the air. That's crazy, man. That is crazy. That is, that is, that is, I mean, I go back to Cops. a post, a poster, <laughs> you know, years ago, you know, uh, I, I want to think it may have been in the Olympics. It was three black men yes, holding their fists up in the air. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that was always black power, that, and it was straight black and nothing else. You know, if you wanted to talk about a white person, you know, it was this was pretty much the peace sign. But like you said, to see that. No, they had their hand that, open, remember? Uh, <laughs> they had a different, different sign. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, we know about that one, too. But like you said, to see that fist go up like that, man, that might be one of the most um, – if you had to um, um, really just sit down and 
um, just capture all that has happened. You know, I don't think it would be, you know, the knee on the neck. I think it would be just a white fist sticking up. To me, that speaks, that mad speaks volumes. I mean, it, you know, Wait, clenched. Uh, what you, you left out the, beside the black fist. And that's, that's crazy. Both of them in the air, <laughs> side by side. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. You know, not opposing <laughs> each other like like you would normally yeah. see, because that's the only yeah. thing that you put up, they put out. But to see them but side man. by side, all of God's <laughs> children chanting loudly. Man, I would have lost everything I own if you had told me, I'll bet you everything you own that this is going to happen. I said, there's no way. There's no way, no way. But it's man to see this is is I mean I just thought I'd never see anything like this and so uh, it it literally brings me to tears man um, all of my anger is not gone I'm not gonna say that but it's just a newfound respect uh, for God and it's also a challenge I got a challenge now I've never thought I'd have my challenge is to say okay fellas. Sit my boys down and say, okay, take this out. Okay, they may not see you as an equal now, but you're at the table. And, and now that you're at the table, come on, you got to represent. You got to represent. This might be the last shot you get. You got to, you got to, you, everything you ever want is right here. Now, I may not be able to get at that table and stay there. I ain't going to stay there long. My years will run out, but you got a shot at this thing. Show them what you made of. Show them the way you're supposed to, where it's supposed to be. Because I believe that there's going to be opportunities that exist, exist for my boys and your boys. I really do believe that. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a new quota. You know, before they just had to have one. Um, I, I heard a story yesterday where I think it's Serena Williams' husband. She's like a billionaire dude. And uh, he decided, okay, I got a daughter with Serena. And I got a black daughter, and this is a white guy. I got a black daughter, and she asked me one day, yeah, what what, mm-hmm. what what, did you do, Daddy, to make this better? This dude says, I got to step down and let a black man run this company. I'm like, dude, yep. are you serious? Put him on the board. Mm-hmm. Are you serious, man? Mm-hmm. This What's dude my salary, from, mind you? Come on, man. Do you, do you know what this dude, man, come on. And that's why the scripture said, I'm going to give you houses you didn't build and fields you didn't plant. And now it's happening, man. And so my boys, you educate your kids. You prepare your kids. They already got the look, you know. And so now when all this comes, who needs to say? Somebody won't call one of them and say, Michael, listen, I need you to, uh, you you the big dog in this now. I'm stepping aside. This is yours. Yeah, man, they're going to be opportunities like that for those that are prepared, and uh, so I'm I'm somewhat um, excited about that, and I'm not so angry that it took so long. I'm just excited that you know we got here, man. Like you told me when I got on, you said you know it's better late than never. You know I didn't get on at nine o'clock. I didn't get on at ten thirty-five or whatever it was. But like you told me, you said better late than never. So uh, you know it didn't happen in nineteen fifty. But boy, 2020, oh, my God, the division come clear. <laughs> oh, it did in 2020. And it has not even half of the year yet, and it has been a hell of a year so far. You know, I was – this has invoked a lot of a lot of emotion, and I'm not even an emotional person. Uh, uh, 
that's just not my realm. But the thing that I had to tactfully train my wife mm. um, just to just to maneuver, right? Uh, like it, it almost had me in tears, man. Like, like I, I would have never thought that I would have had to train her because it has the, the world has gotten that safe, you know. Um, for me, I can kind of expect it, you know. I'm, I'm you know, but. Yeah. But the women folk, the children, like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, it was certain things were just off limits. Mm. But now, since you can't get to me, you go to my loved ones. You go to the, to the not to say the weaker, right. by any means. But, right, I understand uh, what you're saying. I just want to make some misquits <laughs> understand. <laughs> you, you yeah, know. Uh, not the weaker, but another part of me. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's mm. the thing that, that 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 it really bothers me. Like, you can't get it to me, so you're gonna go to the missus? Or go to my kids? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of what kind of man are you? Mm. You ain't gonna go to the man. No. No. Not directly anyway. No. He's going, he's just taking another angle. Right, right. That's <laughs> what I mean, not directly. Now I must I must admit now by messing with them you have you have a lot of logic and a lot of restraint (laughs) so uh, that may be a smart move but it's not a smart move. Mm. This this, this, this is not a wise move rather because to mess with them now I'm coming. Oh yeah, no questions asked. You you follow me, right? Oh yeah, because remember. I was supposed to protect, profess, uh, pro- procreate, and something else. And I'm going to do this. I, I'm going to do it. Oh, there's no doubt. There's but no it really saddens me. But mm. it really saddens me that I have to train my wife to, to, to fire. I have to train my wife to make it back home. Just for motherly duties, not going out doing anything, but this is just her, her motherly duties. Yep. I understand what you're saying. But also, you got to talk to her about, you don't really have to talk to her, but you, well, you do have to talk to her. You know, one of the one of the things that has, um, or another thing that has blessed me this year, because, like you said, we're just really. Five complete months in, but you know we, you know, briefly talked about the death of Kobe Bryant. We talked about, you know, George Floyd. We got this pandemic. There was something else that happened that, um, you know, I don't know how you see it, and I don't know really how she sees it. But through my eyes, to see your wife on the cover of a magazine, um, <laughs> you know, to, I mean, to me that. Man, that you don't know what that did to me. That that did something to me because it's like, you know what? You you had to look all the time. You had intelligence all the time, but you didn't have the opportunity. And so you know now, 
you got the look, you've got the uh the skill, you've got the uh certification or the whatever you want to call it goes with it and now you're getting the opportunity and it was perfect timing because with everything else that's transpiring, guess what? There's gonna be some tremendous, tremendous doors that uh are gonna be open that otherwise wouldn't have been, you know, unless all this took place. So you know, you talk about training here, but y'all got to sit down and talk about, okay, now, how am I going to handle this whenever my name is called? Because, uh, you know, you're not going to be throwing crumbs uh, in 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 that area um, for long. You're going to be, <laughs> you're going to, as my mama used to say, you get a chance to eat how on the hog now. So it's like, man, all I'm saying, man, y'all, you guys got, yeah, I kept saying it, you know, that there's something going to happen for you guys. Or, you know, there's something awesome, something amazing. And and uh, I'm starting to see that thing a little clearer now. So, you know, to whom much is given, much is going to be required. So, you know, you wasn't on that magazine for nothing. You know, that company now can say, well, you know, hey, look, look who we got. And she's going to be able to educate. She's going to be able to. She's going to be able to do a whole lot of things. Opportunities are going to come her way just because they've already pretty much familiar with her face now. And um, it's just amazing, man, at all the opportunities that um, I'm starting to see now because of um, all that's transpired over the past, you know, couple of months or so. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. So uh, all I can say is get yourselves ready. Prepare yourselves because you you don't know when the phone going to ring or the opportunity is going to come knocking. You have no idea. And uh, and you're doing it for not just her, but for all of us. I mean, everything we do is for everybody else because the more they trust her, then them, they'll come back and get me next. Well, maybe not me, but, you know, <laughs> I'm somewhere down the line somewhere. So um, it's a sad time but an exciting time to be um, you know where we are. Uh, it's uncomfortable, but I believe it was all necessary. And we're here now. We're 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 here. You know, still, you know, we just got to be willing to have that those hard conversations. Got to be willing to do it. You got to do it with love. You don't do it with love, you might as well not do it at all. Miss Quick, what's your thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I agree. You got to be behavior. What you going to do? You know, as as you would say, you going to barbecue or marriage? Um, but, you know, it's that like... That was a long time. Hey, stick, stick with me. I learned something, man. <laughs> um, you know, it's unfortunate. But very necessary. I mean, it's unfortunate that of, of how many lives, of how many incidents, of how many injustices, of how many, you know, wrongful convictions it has taken us to get here. It is, it's, it's, it's taken a lot, it's taken a lot from us, you know. Um, the thing about the Rosewood, when, when they, they, they burnt our community, and even in, in Tulsa, you know, they, they bombed everything we built, you know, that we worked hard for and paid for and, you know, 
killed our people. You know, um, it's taken a lot to get here, um, unfortunately, but again, very necessary. So, you know, and and the sad thing is, is, is I don't even think we're at the table yet. We we have our chairs. We got our seat. You know, we we haven't been able to pull up to that table yet because we don't have a voice yet. You know, we do we have someone who who they're listening to? You know, um, so we're close. Well, I'm glad we're here, and I'm glad we're here to, to talk about it. I'm glad that someone is actually listening. Um, but let's not waste the time. We've wasted enough time. But, again, better late than never. So when we speak on the things we want, so, so we can't really ask for love, but we can ask for equality. We can ask for human decency. You know, those mm-hmm. are very common things. We can't ask for respect because some people don't respect themselves. Now, if we ask in these things, we must first demonstrate these things. If we're going to ask for love, we've got to demonstrate love because, once again, if we demonstrate hate because they was demonstrating hate, then it's lost. It's going to be lost in the in the rubble. So we got to do our part, and I hate to say this because I'm so tired of taking the high road, but <laughs> we got to take the high road because it seems like that's the godly road. That's the only road. That's the only road to get the results that we that we need to have. That's the only road that's going to get us to where um, it's a more comfortable world for our children. That's the that's the only road. Is guaranteed. That's the only road that that works. There's only right, one way to do it. I know you got to get off here in a little bit. What's your thoughts? Well, I mean, that's you know, that's the only way you're gonna either make it to the table or stay on the table if you got to do it the right way. Um, you know, you can't, you can't. Um, you know, go through all of this to get there, and then all of a sudden you get there and you're going to brag that you're there or rebel because you're there or, God forbid, start fighting with each other once we get there. She thinks she's something. That don't make no sense. Blah, blah. We got time for that food. Just mean we got to take um, – the Bible doesn't even call it the high road. It calls it that uh, straight and narrow path. It said the way to destruction is wide, but – you know the, the the right road is a narrow path. It, it's it's a lonely place because you're gonna feel like, why I gotta take the high road? Why I gotta stay on the straight and narrow? Why I gotta do it the right way? That's the way God expects it. Because you know otherwise God ain't gonna get glory out of it, and we're not gonna get the benefit. So we've got to make sure that we understood what it took to get us there, and that you know. For, okay, like you, you see these guys with their pants down and stuff, and, you know, they don't know the real meaning as to why, you know, people were wearing them that way. And if they knew, then they wouldn't do it probably. Okay, same way with us. Okay, now our kids may not have known what it took to get us, you know, just where we could see the table. 
you know, so, but if we educate them and let them know, okay, guess what? Now when they get there, they can appreciate it. And so all I'm saying, man, it took a lot to get where we are. You know, it, it took me a long time to understand this, but I'm from a small town, very, very small town, and I couldn't understand for the life of me uh, why people like this place. I'm like, this place is from the toenails of hell. This place, there's nothing here. There's this, there's that. You got six restaurants, you know, and then I'm talking about just regular chain, McDonald's, Burger King. You got nothing here. You've got one pharmacy. You, there's nothing here. I mean, there's nothing. You don't even have a Walmart here. I'm, I'm just raising all kind of holy hell, if that's such a word. And then I, I realized, you know what, this man broke something down to me. He said, you know, um, I never thought I'd see this town have so much. And I'm thinking, what in the world did he just say? But then it finally clicked on me. They've seen where it's come from. I just started to really being a part of it after it had gotten to where it is. But because he's seen where it come from, he saw the struggle, you know, and now he they feel like they're in New York City, you know. So who am I to go and tell them that town is nothing? They know what it took to get them there. So that's what we got to realize. Look at all the Malcolm X's, the Dr. King's, our own ancestors, the you know, the locked doors when you're trying to cross the street, all the things that you had to go through, uh, you know, being on a woman working in corporate America and, you know, uh, the man got less education, less training than you, but making double what you make. You had to go through all of that. And now we're right here where we can see the table. And in some instances, maybe even, you know, get up there and sit at the table. Now, nah, man, we got to appreciate it, take full advantage of it, train our kids about it and stay there. Stay there, man, on that table, on that table. Appreciate it while you're there. Don't take it for granted. Be your best while you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Let them know you deserve to have a seat at this table. You earned it. You fought for it. You prayed for it. You cried for it. <laughs> and now that you're here, I ain't leaving. And when I get up, guess what? My child's going to sit here. Don't take my seat. All right? <laughs> no, I'm not vacating my seat because of ignorance, stupidity, or hatred. No, 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 no. I'm going to show love. Humility. I'm going to do it God's way, and I'm going to stay here because this is where I rightfully belong. Man. Mm. Well, Look, with that man, being said, I got, I got to, I got to get off here. We got, we got turmoil in my area, man. I was had a funeral Saturday, and while I was having the funeral, um, um, I guess two hours later, maybe three hours later, I got a call and someone was hysterical. And um, another person had was fishing and fell off the boat. Don't know if he had a heart attack. I don't know what happened, but he fell off the boat and uh, never surfaced. And so then he passed away. And then uh, the very next, no, two days later, that was on a Saturday. Um, then two days later on the Monday, a uh, 38-year-old uh, highway patrolman, um, you know, passed away of the coronavirus, and all of them live right, right on the same road as my church. And so I'm, I'm wow. about funeraled out right now. And uh, I know you will. So y'all keep the folk lifted up, man, because they are really struggling. You know, I got people around here that believe, and they say things like this. It's not biblical, but it's just it's been passed down. Listen, 
death runs in threes, and and I've been telling death death can run in fifties, or sixties, or eighties. Don't just run in threes. Don't 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 think like that. I got folks scared to stay on that road with the church, but they just you know feel like death is on the you know is there, and it's um. I mean, man, <laughs> you start having, and that well, that was just three. That's just three of the funerals. We had another lady about a month ago. She lived on the same road, but she died of cancer. So we're going through it up here right now, and um, so I need y'all to keep 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 the peeps in prayer. <laughs> and we're not well, we'll keep everybody in prayer. Yeah, well, we man, just we know that, man, God, yeah, God is still we good. Need it. Oh, no doubt, man. No, <laughs> That's all I can say. God no is doubt. feel good. No, no doubt, man. I, you know, um, you know, we're not even in church now. We we haven't had church since the second week of March, and uh, all this is happening. But like you said, man, God is still good, and um, all is well. So that's kind of what took me so long to get dialed in here. I had to kind of put folk down for the night. So let me go and say this prayer with these folk, man, and because uh, I know they're still waiting, and, and get them tucked in so we can live a fight another day. <laughs> That's it, Jack. So I thank, understand that. So thank, so thank y'all for letting me be a part of this tonight. That lifted brother's spirits a little bit. Oh, thank we you. Do what we can do. Thank you. Every time. Nah, man, yeah. Nah, man, y'all just don't know. That's listen. Uh, y'all pump some life into me, man. It's um, you know, it's, it's real good. Help me to get away from that for a little bit and appreciate what God is doing for everybody overall. And uh, so I'm, you know, uh, I appreciate that. Now I can go back and 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 shed a little sunlight that I got. I can go back and give it some to them now. So well. There's no the light is always on. Hey man. I appreciate it too. <laughs> All right, well listen, y'all have a good night, man. Let me dial these folk right quick. All right, brother. You have a good one. Yes, sir. All right, good night. Good night. Well, I do think it's time to conclude. I think it's time to get to work. So we go ahead and make a difference. We've talked up a good plan and now we gotta go out and and, and execute. Be we the know change. that be the change. That's right. And by doing by being the change, it's about starting with love. So that's the God the way we go take the the high road. We gotta take the the God road and route and that's through love. So if they fighting fire, let's bring the water. If they bring hatred, let's bring love. But I promise you, we're going to make some noise. Oh, Miss Quick, if uh, your heart and mind clear, let's go ahead and get out of here. It is. Would you like to pray it out or would you like me to? You go ahead. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this night. We thank you for this time. We thank you for all that you have blessed us with, we thank you for all that you've taken from us. We may not understand, but we know that it's your will. And we respect it, and we love you all the same, just like you do us. We thank you for our brothers and sisters, our allies, 
they may not look like us, but they think like us. The one thing we do have in common, the one person we do have in common, that's you and love. So continue to pour that in us so we can, our cups can overflow and we can fill other people's cups with love, and we will be considered an equal. We'll be recognized as an equal because we're all your people. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Ms. Quick, I love you, and I thank you very much. I love you. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, this concludes tonight's episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. I am your host, number one, joined by the lovely Miss Quick and, and Pastor Robinson. Until next Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Love God, love each other, stay safe, and wash your hands. But I know